Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Thoughtful Talent Show. I'm Jen Werner from Jen Werner Coaching. And I'm Chad Ahern from Talent and Teams Consulting. And today we actually have two returning guests, and I have the pleasure of introducing the first one. Damian Zakakis is a fellow uh, ICF and Gallup and fellow Eda Grow certified coach who offers strengths uh, training for teams as well as executive and career coaching for individuals. Uh, regular listeners may recognize Damien from our learner uh, episode, and he was also on with our same guest today uh, for the Relator episode. So we'd like to welcome you back, Damien, and I'm going to let Jen introduce our other wonderful guest, Michael. Welcome back, Damien. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Um, if you've been here for our individualization or Relator episodes, you may recognize Michael Stafford. Michael is coming to us from Wexford, Ireland. Um, we met virtually through Eat to Grow at the height of COVID back in 2020 um, and made a strong connection. With a deep background in HR, his work is centered around people development, though supporting individuals, teams, and organizations to be, as he puts it, future fit. Uh, so he's the owner of the chapter coach training and consultancy services. He's a senior coaching panel. Um, senior coaching panel partner at Futureneers and is working towards his professional coach certification with the International Coaching Federation. And personally, someone I consider a loving encourager. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Jen. You've just warmed my heart. Oh, great. <laughs> so today, <laughs> I'm so excited because we've invited our guests back here to talk to us about the Clifton Strength, Strengths, I'm sorry, Clifton Strengths talent theme of input so gentlemen, before we get started, I want to see where this falls for you within your top five. Damien? For me, it's number three. Great. And Michael? Number two. Number <laughs> two and three. This is great. So we have some experts here in the input, at, at least in themselves and then also other coaches, other people that they've coached. So Chad, um, can you share with us Gallup's definition for input? Sure. So Gallup defines this uh, input talent theme as such. People exceptionally talented in the input theme have a need to collect and archive. They may accumulate information, ideas, artifacts, or even relationships. So with that definition as our baseline, I'm going to start with our, uh, our usual question, uh, and these two being pros at this show uh, <laughs> know that this is coming. Uh, how does this theme show up for you personally? And Damien, I'd like to start with you. Um, just talk to us a little bit about, you know, how it, you see it showing up. How does it manifest? Maybe what other people have noticed about uh, you when you are utilizing this theme. Um, just talk to us about everyday life with this was with this theme and living with it. Okay. So uh, for me, input shows up as I love to collect all sorts of things. Uh, not collect uh, uh, in the same, not, not collect like a coin collection, although I had one of those as a child, uh, <laughs> but collecting information and collecting things that, uh, for me, part of it is things that will be useful either now or in the future. So it could be, um, a topic that I'm studying uh, could be uh, items, physical items, um, 
that I've always been a do-it-yourselfer. So something that I either acquire or find that I think will be useful, uh, that you know, it, it could be visible to others as they might see me uh, picking something out of a recycling bin somewhere, uh, <laughs> not my own. <laughs> or it could be visible as they might see me wandering the aisles of a hardware store uh, uh-huh. or a bookstore. Uh, or observing that I'm spending perhaps to them an inordinate amount of time um, researching something. You know, given give me a particular topic, uh, resume tips, and I could spend hours online or or pre-online, you know, uh, in in a library researching that and collecting this information that will be useful either now or in the future. Okay. Michael, come to you for, before we, we open this up. I know that there are some um, ideas that we covered in our pre-show that I w- want to make sure we touch on, but I want to hear from you first about um, how this shows up for you. Very similar to what Damien has has said. Um, and I, when we spoke about this yesterday, I was reflecting and I was like, you know what? If I think of one of the biggest ways in which it shows up, it's just my husband would refer to me as a hoarder. So everything is here. It's it, it's here and it's it's here or somewhere that I know it can be gotten. And it may not be valuable, but at the time I would have said this could be valuable in the future. So there's a real sense of the information, the resource, the the friendships, the the gathering of people the books, it's just about getting them and having them there to lean into, not necessarily putting them all in there. Although there is a lot that goes in there as well. <laughs> okay. Both of you spoke to us yesterday a little bit about some talent combinations that really play into your uh, input. And I'm just wondering, you know, Particularly, Michael, you had started uh, yesterday with with a series of uh, two or three different themes that really drive your input or or what makes you go get things. Um, could you talk to us a little bit about about, uh, about those themes and and sort of their impact or their, or their uh, play on each other? Absolutely. Individualization and input for me is a really, really superpower when it comes to building relationships and really seeing another person. So that's individualization and really seeing them. But the input comes in where could be on holidays, random place. And I would see a fridge magnet from this particular area. And I would know that my friend, for example, never has been to this country but a wish of hers would be that she wants to go there. And I will pick up that fridge magnet from that area for her, knowing that that's where she would love to go, but maybe can't go for whatever reason and gift it to her in that in, in that perspective. So it's the input of collecting. And also, I just collect some things that I'll go, I don't know, it could relate to somebody, maybe... Like I think I shared with you before, but I bought my mom's birthday card for next year already because it was a card. And I was like, from an input perspective, that looks really well. It reads really well. 
Um, it has a particular saying on the card that I know my mom really appreciates. So so there's that. Um, and then the second one I would share with you would, would be would be maximizer because it's my number one. I say that like <laughs> I say that as I exhale. Sometimes it's my number one. Um, and but with input and maximizer and going from good to great, input really serves that because it's all about is there some other nugget there? Is there something else that's going to help shift the dial for people? So that's not just one person, but it's impacting on a community or or a bigger impact. Okay. Really good. Awesome. Damien, I'm going to come back to you with the same question. What what theme really plays into your, your input? Um, maybe, you know, helps drive one way or the other. Yeah. So for me, um, it's, the theme above and below. So uh, learner is number two, input number three, connectedness number four. Uh, and I think the, the learner input uh, combination uh, is probably for strengths coaches, probably fairly obvious. Uh, I love to learn and then I love to archive what I've learned. And so sometimes the learner drives the input and I'm on a quest for more and more and more and more about whatever the topic is. Um, going way above and beyond what I need, uh, but I just love the learning part. Um, and it could be everything from uh, figuring out how to work with electricity and do wiring in my own house that's way beyond what a typical do-it-yourselfer would do, uh, like for my electric car charger, um, 240 volt outlet, like no big deal, as long as you <laughs> learn, right? And so... <clears throat> Uh, so sometimes learner drives input, sometimes input uh, drives learner. I start collecting stuff and then I realize I actually want to learn more about it based on oh, what I've, what I've uncovered. Uh, and then the connectedness uh, didn't really occur to me until our conversation yesterday that um, I think sometimes I, when I see something, I may not have a future use for it, but I immediately think of someone else um, and Michael, you just mentioned the same thing, thinking about your friend. Um, and maybe that comes from our re your relator as well. But but for me, I see connections between disparate things that I think, oh, if I combine these two things together, that will be really valuable either to me or to someone else. Yeah. And of course, I have relator as, as my number one, but I don't know that relator is directly driving input uh, as much as the connectedness and how things might fit together. Yeah, I, I remember you talking a little bit uh, yesterday, and this may be a, a topic you want to bring up later in the show, but you talked about how things don't necessarily have to be right with you, but you might you know, find something or have something that you then give to, I think it was your, your son who's trying to repair something. So you had all these tools and seeing the connection, like, oh, this, this thing I've gathered via my input is now valuable to somebody else seeing the connection between the thing you've collected and the person that can use it. That's yeah. really interesting to hear you highlight that. Yeah, and that, uh, the, you know, the word harder, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't like the pejorative nature of that word, but also I'll choose the word collector or archivist. <laughs> yeah. But I have stuff that I have absolutely no need for personally, and I know it will be useful to my son with his old house that he's that he's constantly having to do something on or just you know to a neighbor or a friend or or 
yeah. or somebody I haven't yet met that, uh, you know, this will be of use to somebody. So I don't want to get rid of it. Yeah. And of course, that creates uh, sometimes challenges of space or sometimes <laughs> relationship challenges. Like, do we really need to say that? Well, yeah. it's not taking up much space. And I know right where it is, it'll be useful to someone else in the future. That's a great point that you said that you know right where it is. So Michael touched on that too, that um, when he was sharing with us that he might have some hoarder tendencies um, here, that he that he knows right where it is. So you, let's talk about that a little bit. Like, what about this archiving process? So do you do you both archive? And and is that something that you you can say like, I have that and I know right where it is. Is that share with us, Damien? So for me, I guess I I like to think that I know right where it is. <laughs> but I know generally where it is. And a perfect example is, I don't know if you ever saw a space pen. It's something that came out back in the 80s or something like that. And the, the, the novelty behind it is it writes underwater and it writes upside down and was developed for NASA. Well, I managed to get two of them back in the 80s. And then I got some refills and one of them ran out of ink 40 years later. I didn't know right where it is, but I knew generally where it was. And I found the refill last week and it still works. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> That's a, what did you say? A 40 year old pen and you've still found the ink that works with it. That's, That's fantastic. Oh, love it. Michael, what about you and your archiving? Yeah, uh, Damien, it's it's really strange when you when you when you mention that because I'm like, yeah, it's definitely somewhere, but I may not be able to locate it straight away. But it's definitely somewhere, whatever it is that I'm looking for. And I think I may have shared this with you yesterday, but I would have about four. I think it's four thousand two hundred and twenty-seven voice notes to myself. To yourself. In myself. <laughs> so basically recordings of me walking down the street or on the beach and I'll think of something or I'll see something and I'll be like, I really want to know more about that. Remind myself to do it because that's my archive place. Okay. Because believe it or not, although I would like to think it is all in there somewhere, again, I like to be able to get to it quickly. So yeah, it's kind of it, it's that archive system. It it's it's somewhere, but I don't always have that exact spot where I would file it, you know, in, in that regard. And maybe that's because, you know, most of the executing teams are it are not in my top ten. So there's nowhere where they're going to be. <laughs> I am curious a little bit about that, you know, especially for somebody listening to this episode, maybe they've just, you know, learned their Clifton strengths, they've got input. Are there particular platforms or systems that you have used with some success? I mean, Michael's mentioned voice, voice uh, recordings to himself have been great. Damien, I think you mentioned a couple ways that you try and, you know, organize yourself and all the knowledge that you pick up. You, you've, you've definitely leaned a little bit more not so much on the relationships like Michael has, but, you know, wanting to have things organized, a lot of different knowledge in different places. Can you talk to us about some systems that maybe have worked for you that might also work for somebody that's new to their input theme or is trying to figure out how to, how to not perfect it, but enhance it? Yeah, optimize it. Yeah, for me, uh, for any 
for uh, digital content, stuff I find online, uh, or even scan or take a photograph of, uh, I use a, a program called Evernote, okay. cloud-based program called Evernote. <clears throat> uh, but I also use the Notes app on my phone if it's just going to be something short. Um, and both of those are searchable, and both of those are good repositories for all things digital. Um, and, and I just started using a feature that Evernote's had for a long time of linking one note to another. Uh, mm. So about a year and a half ago, I uh, changed my diet to mostly plant-based. And so I do a lot of research of recipes and I save them in Evernote. Well, now I've got one uh, note that is our favorite recipes and it's got links to the other recipes uh, that are in nice. there. <laughs> Uh, and the other one that was, I, I just figured out about two, well, I guess about three years ago now, was as a coach, I take a lot of notes and uh, I use a note-taking app um, and I use an Apple Pencil. And so I write the notes longhand uh, because I can do that and still, you know, basically maintain, maintain contact uh, with the camera. Uh, but it digitizes those notes so I can search for words or names. Nice. Uh, and I have records of every coaching uh, call I've had uh, since 2020, 2019. Wow. Wonderful. I hope you're, I hope you're backing, the, backing that information <laughs> up. The cloud. <laughs> the cloud, the cloud. Michael, was, were there any systems you want to add to, to Damon's list? I, I didn't want to leave you out of that conversation, but. Um... See, 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 I look at it a little bit differently in the sense that, um, when I think of systems that help me with my input, I would think of an app called Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. And okay. it's a it's a platform that summarizes books, basically. So inputs love, well, we talked about this. We love to read, but sometimes we just love to collect books and know they're there. It depends really on where you are on that platform, on that side of things. But what Blinkist allows me to do is get a really, not even a top level, kind of just a deeper level of a book in one or two pages that I can go, is that useful for me in the future? And do I need to read more of that book? Or is that enough information for me to be able to use that information going forward? So I find it helps. And in a raw state, when I wouldn't have even worked on input before or noticed it very much, I would have just bought the book. Now I'm like, how can I be the most efficient with this input? And where's this information going? I'm putting it, filing it away, but knowing it's available. Oh, so good. I That's love that great. we're having this this conversation about the about using the technology because both of you um, said that your friends have a, a, a term for you or or Michael, you specifically said your friends call you something. And I, I would like you to share that with us. Well, they call me a lot of things, but I'll share what I, I'll share with you what, what we were referring context, to in the context of input. So so it will be, oh, ask Michael or Mr. Google. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> there it is. Because it, you know, and I have this joke with a lot of people because they'll ask me something and I'll be like, I didn't know I worked for um, tax affairs. I didn't know I worked for the government. I didn't know I worked for <laughs> the hospital. I didn't know whether or not the parking fines in, a, in, an, in an area had increased. 
what everyone will ask me. <laughs> uh, and, and, and the challenge is sometimes I will actually know the answer because, as Damien says, we pick up this information as we're going along and do we use or we may use it in the future. So they'll, so they'll come and ask. So that, that's definitely something that, from a boundary perspective as well, I have to be very careful with because I could easily get absorbed into that useless part of mm. telling someone about the parking fines that have been introduced in Ireland and that they're increasing when, in fact, that person doesn't even have a car. It's not relevant <laughs> to them. So, yeah. <laughs> Damien, do you have similar experiences with, yeah, with your so gathering? For me, it's, uh, it's we, we, I know we're going to be talking about the downside, but for me, it, it can be a compulsion. So somebody will mention something uh, like, have you heard the parking fines are changing? And I'm, there's a, I'm, I, I have to go look it up. Oh. I want to know, even if I don't have a car. That's crazy. So, which I do. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, something like that, where it's like, I, I wonder about that. Um, and so I know a little bit about almost everything uh, to the point where my wife will ask me a question and I'll give her an answer. And sometimes she'll say, do you actually know that? Or are you making that up? Uh, <laughs> and I'll say, no, I, I actually do know that because I know so much about so many things, I can oftentimes infer what the answer is going to be. And I'm usually pretty, pretty right. Uh, but sometimes, you know, she'll, she'll call BS on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is a great segue into understanding that both our themes work in both good ways and bad ways. And so sometimes they can be extremely helpful. And sometimes as Michael and Damien have suggested, they can get in our way and maybe start to go a little on the dark side. So I wanna talk about that side first. So um, Michael, I wanna start with you and I'd like you to share with us like some ways that this theme may have negatively impacted your life or work, um, maybe in the past when it was a little more immature or raw um, and, and, then, and, that, and then now um, how you might like work on some of those things yeah. to keep it in check. And I think before I get into it, I think what keeps it in check is leaning into another one of your talents and 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 saying, okay, that's the one that's going to help me out here. So you used the term dark side and I immediately was in my rabbit hole gathering information. And um, it can be a very happy, dark place. But in terms of getting stuff done, not so good. So... That for me is that for me is definitely where I need to be mindful and also work with people who know that about me and can safely say, Michael, come out of the rabbit hole. You we you have enough information. Oh. Good. Okay. Really good. Yeah. That sounds like a really useful that sounds like a really useful phrase of, you know, when's enough enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah, never. <laughs> never, never. Okay, never I, I didn't say it was going to be your maximizer out. talking. What's that? That's maximizer that talking. Maximizer talking. Right, right, right. No, yeah. I, I got that part. I just, uh, I was thinking about somebody trying to help you or think about, you know, being that partner that can help mm -hmm. you come out of that negative place is that's a great phrase so that 
you know, I know we're going to talk about the impact of this um, theme in, in, in the, sort of the team context and how that integrates, but just thinking about other listeners that might have a, a, somebody that has input talents, you know, in the next cubicle or the next office, um, on their next Zoom call, you know, be able to bring that phrase up and at least get you to think about like, hey, do I have enough? You know, that's, that's helpful. Yeah, Damien, for you, what what are some ways that this has worked against you in, in, instead of helpful? Yeah, so uh, uh, I would say the same, uh, very similar to what Michael's mentioned, which is, uh, so when we think about the word collecting, you know, when, when are there enough in the collection? Um, and it can be all sorts of things. Um, it can be, for me, it can be articles of clothing uh, or, or, pots and pans like I you know I, I see a pan oh, I really love to have this um, and it's not the it's not the acquisition it's like this will be the perfect pan and then my wife will say yeah but we cook that once a year so <laughs> we we need the perfect pan or can the pan we've had the last 10 years continue to work just fine <laughs> I don't need to add to my collection that um, and so I've seen it, you know, on the work side, come back uh, to to be a challenge for me when I am, will either go down that rabbit hole of collecting information. Um, you know, I I will when I when I was leaving the career office, I wanted to see how other schools um, what resume formats other schools were using one time. And so I got three or four and I shared that with the person on my team that was overseeing this project, but I had volunteered to go do the research. And I said, I've got three or four, but I really want to get three or four more. She was like, we've got enough. We, we don't need three or four more. Uh, and so that's hard for me to say, okay, enough's enough. Um, Damien, there's something you brought up yesterday in, in our pre-show that um, we haven't touched on yet, and I thought was really insightful, and it was not something I would normally associate with somebody with, with input. Um, a desire to be right. Uh, could you talk a little bit about that? Mm -hmm. That um, you know, you, you've, you've hinted your wife sometimes calls um, BS on certain things. <laughs> Um, but there was there was sort of a whole other branch of that conversation that I think could be really useful to our listeners mm -hmm. um, in terms of interacting with those uh, or even understanding their own input talents, but also particularly when they're interacting with somebody that has input talents. Could you yeah. elaborate? Well, yeah, happy to. And, and so um, I would say I've seen this more... Uh, this, this side appear more uh, in my personal life than in my professional life, okay. uh, but a little bit in my professional life too, now that I think about that, um, which is, as I mentioned, I know a little bit about a lot of things. And in some areas I do, I tend to go deeper. And so I know a lot about a particular thing. And, um, and so when that topic comes up and I say, you know, th this is the answer, this is this, the, these are the facts. And someone says, I don't think that's the case. Again, this sort of compulsion kicks in where I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right. And so for me, I mean, I did this as recently as yesterday across the dinner table. I pulled out my phone and I said, no, 
here it is. Like, I'm not making this up. This is what the facts are. And, uh, and I realized that that's not an attractive personality trait of, uh, of always needing to be right. And so that's something that I'm working on. <laughs> because Michael, sometimes it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Michael, you had your own version of this when we were talking yesterday. This is why I'm bringing it up, because I thought it came out interestingly in both of you. So the drive to be right, but then also, Michael, you mentioned something happens when people start to question you. Or you find a fact is wrong. As in they, their fact is wrong or the <laughs> fact that I said is wrong? Because more than likely their fact is going to be wrong if they're coming up against if they're coming up against an input. <laughs> well, I, I think the, the, the thread that I was hoping you'd pull out a little bit is um when you have said something and then found out that you were um, wrong off a little bit. Uh, can you talk to just a little bit about how that can run amok or or be well, really disadvantageous? <laughs> you don't have to if you don't want to. No, 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 no. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding, of course, because it's important. It's it's a real. You can almost convince yourself that the need to be right is stronger than being the the need to to show that you know, can be stronger than actually sometimes knowing. So I have read it before. I've definitely seen it before. I'm unsure whether it's number 11 or number nine, for example. <laughs> but I'll convince everyone else it's number 11. Yeah. And then it's number nine. And I'll go. Oh, I was wrong. And then where that will actually send me is to a place where almost where you, you you beat yourself up because of the need to be right and to show that you were right, I would start to get in my head and go, if that's wrong, you possibly need to go back and study that entire book again just to make sure you're right the wow. next time. Um, now I've got learner number 10, so it's not as high for me as Damien. So I have to I have to really watch that in terms of the need the need to be right. In, in, in the, the, the need to be right in that sense um, because I find as a person with high input the expectation with a lot of people is that you are right and they believe you now I know that leans in with other talents as well but be, right. because most of what you say is right I will not focus on the most of what was right if I get it wrong I'll focus on what I got wrong and beat myself up about it mm. And that's why it's so important that we lean on those other talents to pull us yeah. back out of those holes. Right. You know, Chad and I, with our deliberative, had a very similar conversation when we were talking about that. Once you start down that rabbit hole, and if you find that you've made a mistake, it makes it that much harder to step out and do yeah. something different or new. You know, so, and I could see that with you. It makes it that much harder um, for someone with input to stop gathering information on something just because they found out that they were wrong in this one instance. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing. I think it's really important that our our listeners and viewers get, get to see this stuff because it's not always the stuff that everybody talks about, but it's mm -hmm. the real life situation. Yeah. Chad, did you have something you wanted to add? No, I just, I was really fascinated by that thread in our conversation yesterday because mm -hmm. that was that was not a 
behavior attribute I would have necessarily um, associated with input, mm -hmm. but I can associate with it given my own learner talents. We've talked about um, on the show before, my, my learner is my number one. It's a, it's a major driver in my life. Um, but just hearing that, that that drive to be right or you know shaking the confidence when you all of a sudden find a, a fact is wrong and the negative impact, the place, the darker places it can push you to lack of confidence or feeling like you've got to go back and reread, you know, an entire book or encyclopedia or whatever it is, you know, go back and re-listen to an entire podcast just to find that, that key phrase that you thought you knew um, was just really fascinating to me uh, in reflecting on, on our, um, the pre-show conversation we had yesterday. Um, so thank yeah. you very much for, for both of you being vulnerable with that. I know Jen wants to take us to, to more positive places. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let her take that question next and maybe we can bring this back up to a little bit more of a lively uh, environment. Right. Yes, absolutely. So what I heard both of you say throughout your ex explanations of how it shows up for you personally, and then also in, in some of the, even though it comes out of a, maybe a dark side, what I'm hearing is your input is looking for the usefulness. So let's talk about the positive sides of this and how this has really impacted your life, benefited your work um, relationships. Damien, let's start with you. Uh, so I guess the, the, the positive side is I, uh, I enjoy being a resource to others, whether it's yeah. a bit of knowledge or a suggestion for a book or an article or a physical item uh you know the, all, all those tools that i have that i'm happy to loan out and uh um and so those that get to know me uh know that i can be a, a good starting point you know mr google as it were uh, a good starting point when they have a question about something because i may know a little bit about it and enough to help them not have to do that initial research but actually point them in a direction that's useful and save them time um, and so that's one way i would say that i can think of both in my professional life and my personal life that that's that's come out uh, and, and as a coach uh that's helpful um and it's not just uh, facts or books or something. Sometimes it's people like, I know a guy or I know a person mm -hmm. that I think that that uh, could help you more than I can about this particular thing. Um, and I think that can be really uh, a, a, a time saver uh, when I know somebody. And again, that's, I think, my connectedness also coming into play. Yeah with the input. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I keep you. hearing that from you, Damien. Every time you every time you talk about the connections you're trying to make or put mm -hmm. you know piece A with P, you know person B, um man, what what connectedness there. And it, yeah, it's uh it's fascinating to keep hearing it. Yeah, absolutely. Michael, what about you? How are how are the ways what are the wonderful ways this is working for you? There's a I thought of this yesterday and I was like, I, damn, I could have said, said that yesterday on, on the record or on the pre-record, but it's the perfect opportunity. So just to kind of summarize it, and I think it's William Shakespeare that said this, but it's an old saying that says, Jack of all trades, master of none. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but the, 
the saying is actually more than that. And I think it encapsulates how input can be so valuable in a team or, you know, in your own personal life. Because he's, he goes on to say, it's a jack, jack of all trades, master of none, though often it's better than master of one. So what he's really saying is, is it always right to just be a specialist in one area when in fact a jack of all trades can do many different things because they've a lot of knowledge like Damien sharing about his electronic charger and the mm -hmm. fact that he's not a qualified electrician but he may in fact give that a go um but but again it's it, again it's a really powerful way and I think that quotes off and misinterpreted in, in, in that regard and I think it does summarize what 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 input does but getting back to your question I think it shows up really well for me connectedness is number seven Damien so I hear mm. when you when you're talking I get all of that but for me it's more so around the it's the research it's not necessarily the connecting of people which is strange because five of my relationship domain building domains are in my top 10 but again you know you play to your strengths yeah and it, it's that i know i've read a quote somewhere like a particular example today i got sent from a colleague uh the german engagement index from gallup okay and we usually see a lot of U.S. engagement surveys from guys, right. you know, and that hurts input because I'm like, what a, you know, what can we do with that over here? This side of the pond, as they say. Right. Uh, and, you know, straight away, I was like, but I know there is another report about European engagement and it is Gallup. And I think it's from 21. So I knew enough yeah. to then Google that. And then the report came straight up. So it was like, it's there somewhere. Let me go find it. Two seconds. And I think that really adds value in when you're working with people, if they need quick answers or quick decisions and inputs in the team, it's that I, I've read it, I've seen it somewhere. I'll get it for you. Um, yeah. yeah, that's where I think it really helps. Yeah, and Damien, you shared with us yesterday um, in the pre-show ab about that, um, that, compulsion or or ability to to pull that that information um and then you both both of you have that kind of like i know i have it but let me get you some more or can you share a little bit more about that yeah so uh, this kind of goes back to we were talking about you know organizing i know i have it i'm not exactly sure where it is but i know i can find it um and uh, an image that came up when we were talking about that topic was from the movie uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they stored the Ark of the Covenant in the warehouse. Oh, there's a good one. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I feel like my input is that warehouse. Like, I know I've got an article on keywords to use or keywords to not use in a resume. Um, I don't want to take time to look for it while we're on this call. So I'll find it and I'll send it to you later. Yeah. You have to go to the back wall of the of the massive warehouse, right? Yes. You gotta go find it, then bring it to the front. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love seeing how both of you, it's it sounds like you're using it for yourself. Like 
that it might be information or things and stuff that I might need later, but you also, both of you, I'm hearing, have this other's focus also. Like, so it's not just about what you need, but someone else might need it. You might not even know them yet. And that was one of the things I loved about what you said earlier, David, that, that you don't even know who might need this yet, but someone might need it. Indeed. Now that, that, that uh, um, you know, we often hear the phrase people pleaser in a negative way, oh. but for me, it's a very positive and it's an inspiring and it's a, you know, I, I, I was led through an exercise years ago at a conference about uh, coming up with a, um, if, if you had to have uh, like a medieval saying, like uh, Michael the collector, well, mine, <laughs> what I came up with after being guided through this exercise was Damien the helpful. Oh, nice. I, yeah. So I know all that stuff will be helpful to somebody who I may not have met yet. <laughs> this this is this has been really informative in terms of thinking about, you know, how it has played out for each of you. I, I'm wondering if maybe you know we're starting to talk about others, um, you know, being helpful to others, sharing information with others. I, I wanted take this opportunity to, to switch the the lens a little bit on the conversation, which is, you know, all four of us are coaches. We, you know, have coached people with, you know, some of us have coached people with input. Um, you two probably do, do a better job of that than, than uh, myself or maybe Jen. Um, but I'm curious if you could talk to any facets around the input talent theme that are a little different than how we've already started to describe it or unique ways that's come out in some of the clients you've coached uh, or maybe colleagues that you've worked with that have, um, have shared the input uh, talent theme. And Michael, I'm going to start with you this time. Okay. Um, my input is going, <laughs> which, which example will I choose? So I'm going to go with a couple and I'm just to, to give this a caveat input when you're coaching so as a coach with high input i have to be mindful of that when coaching because i it can affect my coaching presence because straight away i'm going into not seeing the person the solution or possible resource that they may need to fix this issue oh wow so really managing that and staying silent and and you know, a, a coach supervisor I work with is really helping to really bring this um to life for me and say when you're there sitting with the client is the spotlight on you or them and I love mm -hmm. that analogy because if I'm in my head thinking about how they need to read this book or did then I'm not with them so right. that's really powerful and that's a really great analogy. I use a lot because it also helps me to converse with people that may be coaching people that have input or they in fact have input themselves. The biggest challenge, and this is just to summarize it, I suppose, what I see with input is the biggest challenge from, from a point of view of somebody that has it and you're coaching them. If they have low execution, they will always be safe gathering knowledge and never move. Mm -hmm. So 
if they're managing a team, they're quite happy to keep gathering and gathering and gathering. And you'll hear them say things like, we're just waiting on one more report to come true from management next week. We're just waiting on John to get back to me from accounts. It's like I need the need for that knowledge and information can sometimes outweigh the actual getting it done. So you have to be mindful of that. And then, you know, asking questions of that. And then from a, you know, positive, from a spin then with, if it's somebody in a team that's got high input, leaning into them to do that research on a project, leaning right. into them to ask them about facts and information. Yeah. Because isn't this all about fueling us? Put yeah. them in their happy place. Yeah. Yeah. But just manage that they don't stay in that rabbit hole analogy. Okay. Yeah. Damien, Damien, have you seen input show up differently in people you've coached than I what we've thought, already described? Yeah, as, as I think about the people I coached, I can't think of anyone for whom input is one of their dominant themes. So I'm coming up empty on this one. Okay. Uh, but uh, I feel like I just had a coaching session with Michael. Uh, <laughs> because he described me in two ways. Uh, one, uh, the, the first one was um, wanting one more bit of information. Uh, in my own head, I had described that oftentimes as being a consensus builder. Get, in, get input from everyone before making yep. a decision. Um, I don't have any executing themes in my top five uh, and maybe one in my top 10. Uh, and, um, and then the other way you described me was I have such a breadth of, of knowledge and resources that I think the, I, the spotlight swivels towards me in coaching calls and I'm waiting for them to finish talking so I can tell them about something that I know. So not being present in the way we're supposed to be present. Yeah. Yeah. And I've become aware of that uh, over the last couple of years and, and is also for me is something I'm also working on. We're, we're always all of us a work in progress. So right. I love that you guys are, are able to see it and share it with, with us too. Chad, I had, I had an example. Um, I was just about a, to ask you, Jen. So <laughs> jump right with in. A colleague, with a colleague who had input high um, and woo and communication. And she, she, her thing, like, was always like the, the holder of all of the information. People came to her for everything and she knew it. And if she didn't know it, her words, like what Damien said, were, I got a guy, hang on, I got a guy. And she could connect people to anyone else who might have the information that they needed. So it was, it was just a really beautiful way to see her input as she gathered things and then was able to use it to help others. Um, whoever she met and friends that she didn't know she had yet she found them and had what they needed to so. yeah. jenna i just want you to highlight one thing um you mentioned in the pre-show around that uh, that person yeah. you'd mentioned input with communication mm -hmm. and she didn't originally see the connection between those two yeah. but then it was about building the, the relationships and then that's where she got to the i got a guy i thought I just want yeah. to bring that up. I didn't know if you want to say anything more about it, but it was something that I really highlighted for myself that 
um, I'm going to take away from from you know this session with with the three of you. Oh sure. Um, so yeah, I, she, I didn't know if you wanted to go any deeper on that. Yeah, it was it was a weird thing because the report, her report, um, not the insight report, but the the regular Clifton Strengths like what is input report, told her that she probably collects porcelain dolls, and she was like what? No, I don't collect porcelain dolls. And she didn't see, she didn't see any connection to like this input. Like she didn't see it in her life at all. And as we continue to work through some, some things about her and how she works, she was like, but I do collect people, I guess. And that was where she connected the dots. You know, she was looking at her communication. She was always talking to people, always learning more things about them. And then it caught her oh, I'm learning, I'm like picking up these little nuggets from every person. And then later I'm able to say like, oh, hey, I know a guy who can help you with that. So it was just a really beautiful like aha moment for her, especially because she didn't see herself as a collector at all at first. And then as soon as she saw it, that's all she saw. She can see it everywhere and in every facet of her life with people, with stuff, with, you know, different things that she didn't think she was collecting, but she definitely had been. Yeah, totally. And I think that's the point is sometimes, you know, these, these two gentlemen obviously are highlighting input at, at a very high level, but somebody, you know, brand new to it, it right. taking that moment to expand it, you know, to something broader than maybe it's tools or books or, you know, library cards or whatever, but that it can be, you know, just going back to the, the original short, def, uh, short definition of its, you even collect relationships. And so I think sometimes that gets lost with this theme. Um, I, I wanted to just build on a couple of things that um, all three of you have mentioned because this uh, theme has shown up in, in two people that I've coached. I've, I've coached a few others with it, um, but some kind of unique uh, ways that has come up. The first one actually goes to something Michael has shared a little bit about of um, focusing on the information, constantly gathering that. But with this individual, he has uh, uh, learner and relator and harmony, which really puts a, a very sort of practical edge on the information. But the, there's also um, a, I don't want to say ignoring, but a uh, diminishing of the emotional weight of certain pieces of information. So while we're talking about building relationships, this input is very much not about gathering the emotional uh, knowledge or inputs um, of a situation or a relationship and focusing very much on the information. So I thought that that was an interesting um, dynamic that yeah. somebody with input that's just learning about might, might wanna think about. And then the other one, uh, the other observation I've had is when it comes to input, it seems to travel in the triad with uh, learner, which we've talked about, but also in election. And with another uh, coaching client I had, um, this person had all three in their top five, and she was in a leadership role. So she's like, you know, I, I do all this thinking, I do all this gathering, but I'm not really out there being sort of the, the, the stereotypical leader out in front. And what we came to was, the analogy of a Dyson vacuum cleaner. So her learner directed the direction of the vacuum cleaner. The input was the sucking in, you know, taking everything in. 
And then if you've ever watched a Dyson vacuum cleaner or another canister, um, the intellection was the spinning around of the material inside the canister where you separate out sort of the, the big stuff from the, from the, um, the dust. And so I thought that that was a really interesting dynamic when it comes to input is that they're then the ones that are able to pull out, you know, if you, if you say, you know, vacuum up a, a kid's Lego and that's a big nugget that you need to keep that ability to recognize what that nugget is and then store it, um, you know, kind of goes along the lines of what uh, Michael and Damien have already talked about. Uh, but it was just yeah. it, it's an interesting dynamic those three seem to travel together and, and worth um noting when they do so and they're my they're my they're my top they're my three strategic thinking in my top 10 so they do <laughs> so see michael uh, example number one <laughs> there you go so well, and I love, Chad, that, that you said that she was able to pull out that information based on, on using those three talents, and you used a specific phrase that she oh, used. Oh, yes. So she, once she made this connection that this was her superpower, that she could take in a lot of, um, at the time, it was industry knowledge that she really needed to take in, process through, and then figure out how to share that with her team, because while she didn't necessarily um, th uh, thrive and strive to be in the limelight, what she realizes is that she could distill um, that those pieces of information into what she ended up calling knowledge bombs. So that she you know, encapsulated that, then was able to quickly share that with her team. And they, a lot of them had um, the influencing themes. You know, one of them had communication. I think another one had significance. They really wanted to be out in front of people sharing this information. Uh, I think there was another person with maximizers. So, that, you know, they really wanted to, you know, put on the best presentation. Well, she was equipping them with that information because of her input um, talents. So just, yeah. you know, it goes along the lines of what we've already talked about, but I, I just thought the dynamic was uh, so valuable that I wanted to, um, I wanted to share it. I'm glad you did because it, yeah. it leads us into this imagery. So a lot of times uh, every episode, we like to come up with some images that um, make us think about input or ways that if you're kind of new at this and you're trying to explain input to someone else, what are some images we might use? Um, Chad, I love the Dyson <laughs> vacuum. So I, I think that, was, that one's fantastic. You can see all the little nuggets in there and pull the Lego out. Yeah. Um, Damien, can you share with us what are some images you have for, for your input theme? Well, I think my my new favorite may be that scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> I was going to say, if that didn't make it on, I was going to put it back in for the <laughs> show notes. So. <laughs> but the one that I've thought about a lot, uh, which is um, kind of tied to my learner and input together, is the uh, video game from the 80s called Pac-Man. Uh, which has come out, you know, in different versions since then. But it's, you know, this little creature going along the line, consuming, consuming, consuming. And so that's me gathering, gathering, gathering more and more and more and more. Yeah, yeah I love that. Thank you so much. Michael, what about for you? What are some images? Just before I answer that, when you spoke about Pac-Man yesterday, I was in a rabbit hole yesterday afternoon for at least an hour looking at it, look, looking at previous Atari games and when they were, when, when they came up and I was like, why, why? <laughs> but yeah, so for me, I'm going to, I think 
there's two there's two images to come up one of them being like a puzzle so a jigsaw puzzle because i feel input when used when used correctly brings together information which can then help like what chad said like that knowledge bomb you know that can have that explosive kind of thing but i also think of a golden nugget as in a nugget of information so you're you're sifting through you know the gold rush or whatever and you find something and you're like that's what we're going to use that for me is really you know the golden nugget and it's actually what we refer to in some of our program training as we're going to give you a nugget of information which basically means some new learning for the people to process and take something away from so Oh, I love the golden nugget one yeah. and the sifting. That's great. I, so I, I'm going to call out one that you you brought up in the pre-show that I I thought was wonderful, and it has to do with a particular store. I'd like <laughs> you, I'd love for you to bring that back into this one for our listeners because I thought that was a gem. I didn't think I was allowed to mention that store just in case, so I said I'd keep away from <laughs> from naming stores. Uh, no, that's no, it's all cute. It's cute. Listen, we'll have so many listeners, it's going to benefit the organization right, at the right, end exactly. of the day. Free yeah? So, uh, free marketing. <laughs> Ikea, the wonderful yeah. you, the wonderful store where everything is in the store is a real, from a from a big perspective, I think of input, it's like every room is different. Every room can look different. Every kitchen can look different. And, you know, I would find myself in my happy place walking around ikea and just looking at oh that's useful i my, i i'm definitely don't know what it's useful for but i'm gonna get it and it's gonna be there in the junk box and, and, Damien, added value. You, Damien, and for you me have a store too yeah i was i was oh. just gonna say there's a store thread here yeah and for me it's a hardware store particularly the old-fashioned hardware stores that aren't oh, yes. aren't around uh we, we moved to a smaller city a couple of years ago and there's one of those old fashioned, I mean, there's a Home Depot and there's a Lowe's and a Menards, but the old fashioned stores where you can find a glass measuring cup and you can find a pickaxe and you can find, you know, whatever, a little bit of everything. Like that just, that's my happy place. For, for me, the one I'm thinking of Damien is the Ace Hardware in Hudsonville is like that. <laughs> so if you haven't been there, go. I've been. <laughs> Well, yeah, for awesome. our listeners, this would be a Michigan reference. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Jen, Jen and my, Damien come from the wonderful, great state my, of Michigan. The, the other thing I love about old-fashioned hardware stores and, and the big box to some extent, but not quite as much as the old-fashioned ones, is there's a person in there that knows about that thing. Yeah. Like I yeah. learned many years ago when I needed to move a sink and I needed to deal with copper plumbing, I went into our local hardware store and said, blah, 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 I needed it. And, he, and the guy says, oh, that's so easy. I'm gonna teach you how to do it right now. You need this torch, you need this solder, this is how you do it, da, da, da. I went home and my wife said, you're gonna do what? <laughs> and it worked, not a leak, perfect, love it. Awesome. I, I, love, I love there the, the returning thread of, I got a guy. I got yeah. a guy at the hardware store that just yeah. told me how to do this. So <laughs> I think that's great. So yeah. good. Well, in, in, in this in this case, like now it's I think it's time to think about the ways that we've used our talents before and how they're beneficial and, and maybe some ways that we can keep our other team members on on track. 
um, if they have input and it might be running amok within a team, whether that's from a team leader perspective or a team member, um, I'd like you guys to talk to us a little bit about like how input might have some consequences to a team. So you're both looking very uh, uh, It's sensitive. Michael's turn. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll start with Michael. Okay, Michael. Though he's making I'm a face right now. <laughs> I'm thinking of the, it brings me to the um, Brene Browning Dare to Lead uh, book. And she talks about armored leadership versus daring leadership. And armored leadership is where, now, I hope she's listening and I don't quote, unquote this or quote this incorrectly, but but it's along the it's along the lines of being right as opposed to staying curious and uh, and and getting it right. Mm. And I find sometimes with input they have to be mindful of that. It's like I I'd rather and and Damien I think you'll probably share this better when you talked about yesterday about president i'd rather be president or he my father would rather be president than than be right the other way the other way around yeah the other way around so i think we that we 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 have to be mindful of that uh and the, the impact that could have on, on a team um uh, for a team member it's getting i suppose getting them just it goes back to it because it shows up a lot with input for for me in teams when i see it it's that they're they're quite comfortable to have their head down working but are they actually producing ah that's a good one so having someone in the team that can help support them in that way to get them up and go so because they'd be really powerful in the team but yeah. may not look to be productive in a team because they're just giving the information or they might come above to say, I, I'll hear some information on that unless they're asked, sure. especially a newer team member. Oh, really good. Because they would be stuck digging, 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 happy, happy to keep collecting the information and digging, but without absolutely to tell them, we've yeah. got enough. <laughs> And then it gets to the review and they think they're doing a great job because they've been yeah. sitting there digging for six months. And the person says, but you haven't told us anything that you've been digging for. <laughs> right. So, okay, so yeah. just making sure that you lean into the input and take the information out and get those, you know, knowledge bombs. Yeah, very good. Yeah, Damien, how about with you? It sounds like Michael teed you up there to, to talk a little bit about that that saying. Yeah, so what, what occurred to me was the, the notion of, uh, I think it, it can be so valuable as a leader to understand what individuals' talents and strengths are. And, and that's becoming more uh, frequent now, but, but in my early roles as a leader, I didn't know. Of course, people left clues, but I didn't even know how to interpret those clues. But what came to mind as uh, Michael was talking about that was being aware of someone that has the input tendencies or has that as a dominant strength uh, to utilize that, to call on them to do that because it's what they want to do. It's what they're good at doing. And then put some guardrails around it. Instead of saying, go research this, say something like, go bring me five examples of this. So they know what the end point is. But but uh, harness that tendency that they have to want to do that and take advantage of that. That's really great. Give them some parameters to work around so that yeah. they're not stuck in that cycle. 
yeah. Deadline. Give them a deadline. They need a deadline. Because yeah. if they've got maximizer like me and input, they're going to be like five. Oh, well, I've got five, but maybe I can get another better five the next time to give me right. more time. You've got to watch it. It's yeah. going to be a real blind spot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Damien, you, you started to, to sort of head over into the positive side. I'm, I'm just wondering if just to uh, reintroduce the question or if you have thoughts about, you know, additional places where it can go um, have a have a maybe not disastrous, but a negative impact on a team, um, you know, whether it's a team leader running around with it or a, a, a team member that's, you know, maybe doesn't have the positional power, but is bringing their input to a, a team meeting and trying to contribute, but is not doing it in, in an effective way or, or having a negative impact on that team interaction. Are there are there other highlights that you'd want uh some of our leader listeners still think about when they if they've got input themes of their own uh, or leading somebody with uh, no i think i think michael uh you know brought up two that occur to me particularly in reflecting on previous leadership roles i've had uh which were the tendency to, to want to be right yeah and the tendency to want more input i want more input and the team you know somebody else realizes we actually have enough. We don't need more. So now let's, let's execute on that. Okay. Yeah. I just, I just yeah. want to make sure that we got your thoughts around that. If you had anything to add. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So now let's, let's talk about those, those positive ways. And Damien, you teed us off, uh, teed us up really well for this to, to really talk about understanding those tendencies and then being able to a lot uh, set some parameters. So, but what are some ways that, that this would positively impact a team, like a, a team leader's perspective, as well as a team member? What are, what are ways that um, their best contributions? So for me, what, what, uh, what stands out the most is the one I mentioned, which is you know, lean into somebody that's got high input on the team. Um, and uh, I think I found myself at times when I was a team leader, um, oftentimes, uh, those high in executing wanted to get stuff done, uh, so quickly, you know, somebody that's high in achiever where I was kind of tapping the brakes saying, well, let's get a little bit more information before we make the final decision. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can make it soon, but let's, let's collect more data before we make that decision. Um, I'm hearing a due diligence sort of yeah. aspect to that. Is, is that, is that the direction you're kind of going here is uh, that, may my, that might be my deliberative talking but right. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking about having a, a sufficient da- data set or yeah. sufficient knowledge around a particular topic is that what you're kind of getting at here uh, actually I wasn't but now that I think about it th- that I have done that as well <laughs> is make sure there's sufficient data set what I was thinking about was more options you know, okay. uh, when I was working with a team and we were serving a student population and they'd say, okay, we've got this thing, let's launch it. I would say, well, let's, let's launch options. What else can we do at the same time? Oh, got it. Okay. This thing, let's collect more things that we can do. Uh, let's get more, uh, you know, alumni that they can talk to that we don't rather than got four, it. let's get 14. Um, okay. But on a decision-making side, yeah, I think the due diligence is certainly, uh, 
is something that a, a leader can bring, or even somebody that doesn't have the positional authority, but is is going to be implementing can say, yeah. hey, what if we did such and such? Yeah. I'm really glad you separated those two things out because that definitely does does show the difference between my deliberative um, <laughs> tint mm -hmm. on it of you know being cautious or doing the due diligence, but you were thinking more. And and now what I'm hearing is very much an options based. Oh, we've you know we've got four four alumni that could contribute. What if we go get 14 so that you know there there are even more options? Or you know we've got one event we can do four more like it. So I, I very much thank you very much for calling me out and, and broadening my perspective a little bit around that. Michael, you've been yeah. sort of giggling at both of us this whole time. So I'm curious what you have to say around. I just think uh, I get, I just think, Chad, I giggle all the time. I'm always laughing because I just, I, I, I'm always, this just resonates so much yeah. with me. And I wish, I wish the whole world talked in the language of mm -hmm. this beautiful language that we have available to us to, um, to discover ourselves and how we can work better with others and, yeah. and lead a happier life. But, but while Damien was, Damien was talking, I was like, what I'm hearing is that natural curiosity and that craving mm -hmm. as a team leader to just want mm -hmm. a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the need to, what is it? I, I said, the, just the need to be, where's the opportunity here for us to learn something else? So it's not necessarily for me, like when you think of learner, it's the process of learning. Right. When you think of input, it's I help people by sharing information that I have gathered. So there's, yeah. the, you know, there's that difference. And then if someone has that ability and opportunity in a, as a team leader to just ask that powerful question of, what's possible or what else that can bring us to places we never even imagined in a team yeah yeah so i think yeah. it really opens it up and plus it's really helping to fulfill the need for inputs to get more information <laughs> yeah it, it's it's interesting to hear you say that because now what i'm hearing is that the the, the significant difference between say learner which is a little bit more process and or directional, whereas input it's breadth and depth. Um, and I know that we've talked about varying levels of depth. You know, sometimes it's Blinkist, you need the, the two line summary of a book, but then, you know, Damien, you've talked about going out and getting, you know, multiple resources on one particular topic and bringing that depth and the rabbit hole. So, I really appreciate you highlighting that that difference there, Michael, because I come with a learner lens and just to hear the contrast with input and the contributions they can make is is so drastically different. Can I ask you a question on the basis of the on basis of the lens of learner just really yeah. quickly? Um, and it's more so a, I'm going to say a statement and then ask you to consider <laughs> to consider it. OK, yeah. In my experience, and because I've got learner too, I yeah. feel learner learner is very inward focused on what it's bringing me. Although it's strategic thinking, okay, so that's my experience. This yeah. is just me saying this, and then while as with input, it's the gathering of information in service of again this in service of others. Mm -hmm. So I'm yeah. saying it on that basis. 
And I'm asking the question to any of the learners <laughs> out there, but I'm asking it to you specifically, Chad. Yeah. The, it, do you find that the process of learning is, is for you or for others? So as I'm thinking about that, I was going to originally answer it's a little bit of both. But as I think about the second sort of branch of that, it still does come back around to, to me a little bit. So one of the things I've talked about, and I think we, Damien and I even explored this a little bit in our learner episode, is that for me, I can actually utilize my learner talents to be outward focusing because I want to learn about others. I almost trans, transition it into a relationship building um, yeah. uh, domain theme. Okay. Um, so it, it kind of bleeds in that direction. But I've also used Learner to pick up, you know, how to relearn Microsoft Access because I needed to develop my own database because what the college, you know, at the time, the work I was doing for uh, the college I used to work for didn't do what we needed to do. So I needed to create a whole new tool. Well, that meant that I needed to go out and learn both for myself, but also to implement something for the larger organization. So oftentimes when I've gone and learned things, it has been in service of others. I, I, I just in general have a, a service-oriented mindset. So mindset. that, yeah. so th that comes into this a little bit. Um, but also because of my harmony themes that come into that, I've got a very practical edge to the things I go and learn. Um, it does tend to be uh, much more near-term uh, which is a, a a tendency of those with learners uh, yeah. with learner talents. I don't know if for you, but at least for me, it's a very almost immediate or very near term. What's what's coming up right around the bend? Um, but yeah, yeah it, it 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 is a yeah. little bit of both. It is in service of me, but usually I'm trying to utilize that knowledge in my my experience to then go and okay, then how do I distribute this? How do I bring this to a larger group of people? Uh, that's probably a little bit of my responsibility showing up too. So, and thank you, thank you for answering because it's reminded me of the movie Hidden Figures, and yeah. I can't remember the character's name, but she went and learned all about the IBM computer and how it needed to be oh, ran. Yes, mm -hmm. and it was in service of her knowing, but also in service of all of the team. Yeah. Yeah they would have been made redundant or had lost their jobs so yeah. she then went and trained them yeah. up and yep. then they all got to be involved in this historical process in nasa yeah. so mm -hmm. you're yeah. my hidden figure guy okay. now chad well done and, and and for your inputs um minded it was dorothy vaughn was that charge thank the, you was dorothy the, was vaughn. The, the one of the three so you've got katherine johnson who uh, really did a lot of the work around um you know, the, the, um, the launch and the circumventing of the earth. Um, and then Dorothy Vaughn was the IBM, uh, person. And then I can't Mary, remember the, yeah, Mary the engineer one, Mary, the engineer one, Mary, the yeah. engineer one. See? <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, no, it's, it's right there. there. It's right there. <laughs> so brilliant. Thank Well, thank you for, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, um, I would, you know, we could spend another hour or so probably comparing and contrasting learner and input and a bunch of the others. Uh, but I would like to sort of return to the focus on on input. And as we, you know, start to think about wrapping up the show, I wanted to put out the, the question to both of you. If 
um, you had one or two golden nuggets, since that's been a theme in this um, show, uh, that you want to share with people about input. Um, you know, whether it's a top line thought you had or, or an insight you gained from even having this conversation, you'd want us to really highlight um, to people, what would those be? And Damien, I'm going to I'm going to come to you first with maybe your one or two, if you want to make it three, because you've got input and you've got a lot of other things to list. Um, <laughs> but what are, you, what are your key takeaways or things that people should know? Um, <clears throat> so I guess one of them is whether you're, whether you're knowledgeable about strengths or not, you know, deeply knowledgeable, or you just took it once and you filed the report away. This notion of, you know, uh, there are clues to talent, and so if if you encounter somebody that uh, that you see they have collections, or you see they are a hoarder, <laughs> collector or archivist, to use your words, <laughs> or, or an archivist, even better, uh, that's a strong clue that, that that they have input, and that can be a great uh, they can be a great resource to you potentially, depending on. Because if it, if it's showing up in that one way, chances are it shows up in other ways. So uh, so that's a, a clue if you don't have input that someone else does that can be a resource for you. Uh, the other thing that occurs to me in terms of if you if you are high in input, uh, to so I, I will give two uh, more so that for a total of three uh, is. Uh, think about how you can uh, fine tune that, convert that talent into a strength through ways of organizing these things that you collect more efficiently. And I, you know, I need that as much as any anybody else with input. Uh, constantly seeking to refine how I how I organize and can access those things. Um, and then the last one uh, for people that are high in input. Uh, actually comes from our uh, the beginning of our call today before the recording came on. And that's realized that not everyone has a tendency or a need to collect and archive things. And, uh, and so as you're sharing your, your list or your resources, recognize that they may be good hearing just one or two. They don't need to hear three. <laughs> Very much appreciate that perspective. Love it. Yeah. Michael, over to you. What are your what are your one or two takeaways that you want to drop on on our, our on our listeners coming out of this conversation? Uh, I think I'm going to kind of go opposites here. So input need to be given the opportunity to output. Otherwise, mm. they're just going to keep mm. taking the information in, and they like to be asked questions. So facilitate that growth. I really feel that there's a real, and plus it goes back to individualization, Jen. You truly see them. You give them the opportunity to, to do that. And also then when you think about it, you know, it's it's the, the using computer analogies because we were talking about IBM. It's the <laughs> downloading of information to then upload it somewhere. So it goes, it, it does something and it brings value. Mm, nice. 
So yeah, so give them give them space to grow, learn, but watch them so that they can, you know, anyone with input, just watch yeah. yourself. Love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you so much, both of you. Um, we are going to wrap up the show and I'm going to first be the first. And I know um, Jen wants to say her, her two cents on this, but I really want to thank you for, for educating me on the input theme. Uh, this has been really informative and really insightful. Um, this has given me a little bit more a learner and uh, an input on, on this theme. Uh, so I, I do want to send my, my thank you. Um, Jen, were, was there anything you wanted to add to, to the end of this other than, than our mutual thanks? Yeah, uh, with input at 19 for me, I believe is where it falls. So it's not in my supporting strengths either. It's been wonderful to sit and listen and learn from the two of you laugh about some of these tendencies that you have and that you've been so open and honest and just sharing with us and our use our listeners were we're so so very thankful to have you yeah. here and part of our show. Thank yeah. you. So with our thanks extended, I'm just going to ask anybody that has made it this far and has listened to this wonderful conversation with Damien and Michael that if you've enjoyed this, um, leave us a review if you're uh, watching this on um, or listening to this on our podcast. Um, if you're catching this on uh, LinkedIn or YouTube, feel free to add to the conversation. We'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts. If you have this theme high, you work with somebody that has this theme um, as one of their dominant uh, talent themes, um, let us know what you'd add to this conversation. And, um, you know, we'd like to uh, keep having this conversation and, and keep deepening it, especially for those of us, uh, for those out there with input to keep inputting on input. Um, but uh, with that said, I'm going to again say thank you and we're going to end our show and uh, we encourage you to come back and listen uh, to other future coaches. They're going to be talking about um, the other Clifton Strengths themes and some other topics uh, like leadership, followership and employee engagement in the future. So with that, I'm Chad Ahern from Talent Teams Consulting. And I'm Jen Renner from Jen Renner Coaching. And we thank you for listening. Have a great day.